Ah. Hey, roaches and worms. I'm Toddy Tondera, and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour through secondhand items, searching for vibrant vintage, useful unusuals, big budget bangers, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week, we curate a thrift haul, dive into the details, play some games, and maybe even a few surprises. I'm still sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? I never thought I'd hear the Grim Reaper say, when will the worry melt away? Tyler Heaven Melt. I think that song's about anxiety, but who really knows? Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of Thrifty Secondhand Shopping for Grave Robbers. And this week, it's our fourth Halloween-themed episode, number four. So what we have on the docket, we have two unheard Goosebumps, Reader Beware, You Choose the Scare Books lined up. And across the seat for me, over on the thrifty couch, a first-time guest. He's a metal musician with urns, producer and director of the local news PGH, which you can find on YouTube.com. We have Mike Mizak. Thanks so much, Mike, for being a part of Thrifty. What's happening, Toddy? How you doing? I'm so happy that you are here. Um, I've been wanting to have you on this uh, thing for maybe two years. Two years? Two years now? I think so. Oh, I would have just done it two two years ago, really. <laughs> well, well, sure, yes. I should have asked you more than the twice that I have asked you. But yes, Mike and I have been friends for a long time. Lately, he's been working on the local news, which I mentioned in the intro that he's the producer and director of. It's on the street reporting... It's Pittsburgh-based. You don't see a bunch of this stuff on TV anymore, but I know uh, recently I've been uh, scouting some locations for the group, and I was a part of the Steelers versus Patriots home opener home, home video done at Acrisure Stadium. Credited you, you as best boy in the episode that you helped with. I was the best boy. Thank you for calling me that for one day. <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh, the, an elevator pitch. I'm not. This is not an elevator pitch. Just so you guys, just so everyone knows, I'm. I'm not. I don't go in elevators. They scare me. Do you go up? <laughs> do you go up at all? Does that scare you going up? Oh no, that's fine. No, I actually do go in elevators. Okay. I'm just allergic to business, business terms. Okay. Such as elevator pitch, but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just literally just going around and talking to people. I am I'm mining guys, you know. I stream on Twitch, 
and uh, the thing that I do most often often on there is just try to find guys, weird vloggers, uh, just a low view count weirdos to share with the world. Um, and uh, you you know what I th- I th- I saw the limitations of that, and I said there's there's guys. There's the almost infinite guys out there in the world. And what if you found them? Yeah, I mean, I got to go out and find them and show them to everyone. I mean, that's basically what I do on Twitch. Now I'm gonna do. Now I'm doing it on YouTube, and I think there's a lot. It's Twitch is a tough sell. Anyone over like thirty thinks that you're signing them up for like, you know, a video game service or something like that. With the local news, PGH, I know uh, I've been on a few uh, sets, uh, including the. Uh, <laughs> well, it seems sets. like a uh, <laughs> right. It <laughs> uh, seems like a a, a while ago now that the Pittsburgh Steelers were one and zero, and we were one and zero against the uh, Patriots. We went down to the Acrisure Stadium, and uh, I scouted some locations in the real Acrisure Stadium, not a set of Acrisure yes. Stadium. <laughs> yeah, nothing blew up at the stadium. Uh, there was no uh, Batman villains or anything, but uh, we did we did have fun down there. But that is up currently. On the local news PGH, you could see uh, myself and Mike and Rick uh, camera bed at us having fun eating hot dogs and uh, talking to drunk people. So check that out. But what we are here to do today is read some books. We have two uh, unread choose your own adventure books here, Goosebumps. We have number three, Chapped in Batwing Hall. And number 21, The Twisted Tale of Tiki Island. And I'm going to pass these over to you, Mike, to see which one that you would pick. So you'll be reading it, but then I will be choosing the adventure. And then the book that I read, you will be choosing the adventure. And let's see who could have the better story this evening. All right, I'm looking at these covers here. Trapped in Batwing Hall. They're both real things on the cover, which is interesting because we got an octopus and we've got a bat. Usually there's something that's not real on one of the covers, but those are both two real things, I would say. Well, the I mean, the bat has somehow six claws. Sure. Um, sure, yeah. The octopus has an unassuming fish. Octopus is completely out of the water. This is really difficult for an octopus to do, but <clears throat> you know what? Batwing Hall looks cool. Twisted Tale of Tiki Island, I think, has so, uh, more potential for maybe something problematic. So, honestly, let's let's go with that one. Okay. Let's go with Tiki so Island. So, you want to read that one? Yeah. So, I will read uh, Trapped in Batwing Hall. Okay. So I will read. So you pick Tiki Island for the one you're going to read. Then I will read Trapped in Batwing Hall. This is number three in the series. So as I read this, the listeners, the roaches, the worms, everybody listening, including you, Mike, you will choose your own adventure at the bottom of these pages. So uh, 
let's check out the bat uh, to see if there's any spoilers because it's usually spoiler heavy on the back. Join the horror club. Being the new kid in school is so is no picnic. At your old school, you had tons of friends, but now you don't even have one. Then you meet Nick. He asks you to join the horror club. The horror club meets in an old mansion known as Batwing Hall. It's dark, it's spooky, and it's where your adventure begins. The members of the horror club are going on a scavenger hunt. If you join the red team, you find out the truth about your new friends. They're actually monsters. One is a green-skinned reptile. Another is a hulking giant. If you join the blue team, you get turned into a furry-faced vampire bat. The choice is yours in this scary Goosebumps adventure that's packed with over 20 spooky endings. Um, so let's get right to it. We're going to turn to page one. Um, so, Mike, have you ever had the taste for blood before, like some vampire bats often have? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess no. You haven't had the taste for blood before? Well, I think if we get turned into a bat here, we might uh, learn to drink some blood. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this story. And then at the bottom of the pages, uh, when it cho- when it has uh, two to three different adventures we could go on, I'm going to throw it to you and you will pick which way we go. So page one. This town stinks. It's Friday afternoon, the end of your first week at your new school. Your family just moved to this town last month, and so far no one at school has even tried to be your friend. Day after day, you sit in class waiting for someone to talk to you, waiting and staring at all the strange faces around you. How could you possibly go through your year without any friends? You wonder, you're cool, you know you're cool, you had tons of friends at your old school. You trudge home slowly. All you have to look forward to is a boring weekend of watching TV with your parents and your bratty little brother. Then something hits the back of your jacket. You whirl around. A pebble drops onto onto the ground. You glance up and notice a brown-haired boy about your age. Hi, he calls out. I'm Nick. Hi, you reply and introduce yourself. We're in the same class at school, Nick says. That's funny, you think. You don't remember seeing him there, but you smile anyway. You're so happy someone is finally talking to you. I live there, Nick tells you. He points to a two-story greenhouse on the next block. You gaze back at him, shocked. You can't live there, you exclaimed. There's no way. So go on to page two. So uh, we're dealing with a kid here who uh, was very popular at his old school and not very popular now. I was never popular ever at any of the schools. Have you ever had a run of popularity? Uh, a run of pro- of, of of any sort of popularity in any sort of. <laughs> no, I mean, I've always, I don't, hey, I don't know what to tell people, but I've always been pretty well liked, uh, in my <laughs> in my schools. Uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know why. I'm clearly a weird freak, but. I guess I'm rather agreeable. Uh, so actually, I yeah, I was, I had a lot of friends in school. Yeah. Um. So an agreeable freak would be, I guess, not bad I in 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 high school. I skipped a lot of school because, uh, yeah, I guess I I didn't agree with what was going on there. So I just kind of hung out in the park all day. Like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like I hug out independently by myself in a park. 
pretty much all day until my mom got home. Because if I would go home to my house and my mom would still be there, obviously that means I'd skip school. So I'd have to hang out outside until she left. So I had, I, then I would make my way in. That's how you'd get in. <laughs> well, was, do you think that was better than going to school? Uh, <laughs> looking back. I could see how it might uh, some be. Some of it. Some of it. I don't regret all of it. Yeah. Some of it I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we met a kid named Nick is where we are. What do you mean I can't live there? Nick asked laughing. I know my own house. I live next door, you tell him. You point to the red brick house next to the green one. The green house has been empty all month. There haven't been any lights on. No cars in the driveway. I was on vacation with my family. We got back last night, Nick says. What do you think of school? Okay, I guess, you reply. You're afraid to say anything more. You never know. Maybe this Nick kid actually likes school. Uh Uh-oh, some contempt. Can you believe how much homework our teacher gave us this weekend, Nick complains. He kicks a stone down the street as you walk. All the kids who had Mr. McCormick last year say he's really tough and mean and a monster. Whoa. You this agree? This kid's like a secret potato or something. This kid's like a sentient p- potato. It, there there is some... He doesn't sort of like he 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 called out this Nick fellow for living in a greenhouse because he said it couldn't be done. Yeah. So we'll see what ends up of of him. You agree. The next thing you know, you and Nick are comparing favorite rock groups and comic books. <laughs> Both of you collect Spider-Man comics. Blister cult. Please say Blister cult. Let's go. Nothing. Nothing no at all. No rock. Doesn't mention rock. Just Spider-Man. Just Spider-Man, which is rock adjacent, huh? If you like rock, you must like the Spider-Man. I, I, w- I wouldn't agree, but go on. Sure. <laughs> Comics are cool, Nick says. But do you know what's even cooler? What, you ask? Horror stories, <laughs> Nick exclaims. Oh, that is... Uh, In fact, argue. I... He stops and stares right at you. Turn to page three. All right, let's see what's going on here. What, you ask? What about horror stories? It's probably way too scary for you, Nick replies. Nothing's too scary for me, you boast. That's because you've never been to a horror club, Nick says. What's that? Nick grins. It's a club I belong to. you got to be really brave to be a member. When we meet, we tell spooky stories. Really scary. Cool, you reply. I love scary stories. Can I join? If you think you can handle it, Nick says, we meet every Friday night at Batwing Hall. That's the deserted house at the end of our street. It's a dead end. It was old Miss it was old Professor Crumpnick's house. I've seen the house. It looks haunted, you tell Nick with a laugh. Don't laugh, he warns you. It is haunted. Turn to page a hundred. Crumpnick? Yeah, Crumpnick's house. Professor Crumpnick. Okay. Crumpnick. So, I don't know. It just sounds like uh, somebody we don't want to run into, for sure. It's like Eddie Murphy playing a uh, <laughs> uh, a Russian guy or something like that. With, like, a wig, and they're going to walk in, and it's going to be, like, smoke and stuff. Yeah. All right, let's see Eddie Murphy. Oh, there is a, there is a decision on the bottom of the page for you, Mike. So, you will decide what okay. we do after this. 
Haunted. For real, you ask? For real, Nick replies seriously. That's why we picked it. Some of the scariest stories I've ever heard happen in Batwing Hall. Like what? Like the story of the kids on Halloween night, Nick says. They were all dressed up. Trick or treating. They rang Crumpnick's doorbell. A figure dressed in all black answered, and the kids were invited inside. Only none of them came back out. What happened? You ask breathlessly. Nobody knows, Nick replies. But late at night, you could still hear the kids' screams. Horrible screams. And when the moon is full, some people say they've seen little creatures in monster costumes roaming around the inside of the house. Trapped. Forever. Wow, great story, you say. It's not a story, Nick tells you. Being a member of the horror club can be dangerous. Very dangerous. He pauses, then adds... Today is Friday. We meet tonight. Do you want to come? Well, what do you think? Risk it and go to the horror club tonight. Turn to page 17. Say thanks anyway and go to page 91. What do you think? Uh, let's see. I'm going to be a little pussy <laughs> and, and, and not risk it. I'm not not gonna, risk it. I'm not going to risk it. Sounds too spooky. So you're going to try to get yourself killed already. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Is that what happens on these? You could. We'll see. Great choice. Now you're stuck at home with nothing to do. Sure, you could clean out your closet or play stupid board games with your little brother, but that doesn't change things. You still have no friends. You're still bored. But wait, you have one last chance, Mike. <laughs> you hurry to the big yellow phone book. You look up Nick's phone number. You grab the phone and dial. It rings and rings. Then you hear Nick's voice. Hello? Finish your conversation on page 17. Uh-oh. Okay. Remember calling people? Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Like on parents, on your parents' phone? <laughs> it sounds like, what, has R.L. Stein, I guess these are kids. I was going to say, has R.L. Stein never heard of online games and weed nah i mean that's what you would do in that situation but uh, I guess yeah phone book i guess in 1997 or 8 probably a little different i guess if you're like 11 or 12 it might be a little different but yeah rl stein he's kind of straight laced that guy uh, <laughs> the horror club sounds great you tell nick count me in i'll meet you in front of your house at nine o'clock nick says you agree and say goodbye. Then you rush into the kitchen to find your parents. You tell them you made a friend, and you've invited your friend to a club meeting with you. They're so happy for you. Of course, you don't tell them that the meeting is in a desert deserted, boarded-up old house. At 9 o'clock, you join Nick under the elm tree in your front yard. A skinny, fidgety girl with messy, long, dark hair waits with Nick. This is Debbie, he tells you. She's a member of the club, too. Hi, Debbie says. You can barely see her face under all her thick hair. And she always seems to be squirming about. You wonder what's wrong with this strange girl. You follow your new friends up the hill to the end of the long dark road. The she's booted up on X. Yeah. Well, she's due to the party. So who even yeah. knows where she came from? The further you go, the fewer houses there are. And at the end of the road, all the streetlights are out. The sky's pitch black. If it weren't for Nick's flashlight, you'd probably trip over your own feet. There it is, Nick says, pointing. Batwing Hall. So, 
uh, are you glad you decided to uh, get a friend to come with you, Mike? I mean, I tried to go home, and the book made me do a thing that I didn't want to do. So, I mean, I'm, I'm we're still on the on the adventure, but uh, well, now you have somebody to take on the adventure, so you even have more people. That's true. I just feel like I didn't choose to do this, and uh, if there were lawyers. Uh, that could take this up with R.L. Stein, I would employ them, but I don't think there are. So let's continue on. Well, let's turn to page 96, and uh, I will put it in the notes. A lawyer was requested at this <laughs> time. <laughs> and much like all requests for lawyers, I'm going to ignore it and just proceed. So you have two choices at the bottom of this page. Listeners at home... Let's hope that you're with us on our choices. A huge dark shadow looms at the end of the street. It's the mansion. You stop walking and gaze up at it. Nick shines his flashlight at the old house on the hill. Batwing Hall is a two-story, old-fashioned house. All the windows that aren't boarded up are broken. Loose shingles flap from the roof. Paint peels from the weathered sides of the house. It looks as if no one has lived here for hundreds of years. You climb up to the saggy porch with Nick and Debbie. Tall, overgrown trees and bushes cast eerie shadows across the deserted lawn. This just sounds like my friend Jesse's house. <laughs> That's all this is. Yeah, we're hanging out with you. It's this cool no, place. No, I hate to say this, but it just won't get out of my head, so I just got to say it. Yeah. Um, And this is a dated reference, but... I mean, when I hear Batwing, I hear of the thing where you, uh, I think of the thing where you stretch out your nutsack. Um, oh, yeah. You stretch it out. I forgot that that was a part of balls for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and you yeah. You call it the Batwing, and you show someone your stretched out nutsack, and you say Batwing or something like When's that. When's the last time you threw a Batwing out there? Probably like 2006. Okay. Okay. 2006. So, uh, spring break of Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach 06 was your last Batwing. Yeah, I mean, the movie Waiting had just come out, and all all the boys were showing each other their balls in various ways. And that was that was the way you decided that you would like to share? Um, I think I, I can't remember. Or was it a group? Was it like a group pick? There's like you know you know those no, batwing group pick kind of vibes. No, there were no pictures taken. It, everyone yeah. was just, uh, everyone was just ambushing each other with various manipulations of our testicles. You know, it was 2006. That's what you did at the time. I don't know that I've ever batwinged, but I understood. I understood. I could see it in my head, and I've been I've been shown it before. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but, um, yeah, because I'm, yeah, I've seen those live in person. Um, you climb up the sagging porch with Nick. Oh, yes, we're Jesse's. That's right, I forgot. This house has been empty for two years, Nick tells you, ever since crazy old Professor Crumpnick died. No one will buy it because it's haunted, Debbie explains. You notice she's chewing nervously at the ends of her long hair. Yuck. The front door was boarded up until we figured out how it how to pry it open, Debbie says. She points to the large wooden door. Let's go. You take a step forward. Stop, Nick shouts. Get down now. 
if you do, as Nick says, and get down, hurry to page 19. If you ignore him and head for the door, go to page 85. So are we taking caution to what Nick says? Or are we going straight for that door for this horror club <laughs> meeting? I mean, I don't really trust... I don't really trust Nick. I don't know why we we trust him in in inherently. You called him. Your character called him. Yeah, I mean, I I disagree with my character. Um, but again, it's been in the notes that you <laughs> have requested a lawyer and it was denied. Um, but since that's not the way books work, uh, I'll will listen to Nick. Okay, we're gonna listen to Nick. So if you do as he says. And get down, turn to page 19. So we're going to avoid the door and turn to page 19 because we're going to listen to Nick. Let's hope that that helps us here. What is it, you cry, as your body hits the ground? We've got to be careful, Nick whispers. If anyone catches us going in that front door, we could be in big trouble. We're not really allowed in here. You nod. And watch Debbie as she squirms and glances around nervously. You wonder why your friends are so jumpy. You can't imagine how anyone could possibly see you in the darkness. But you figure Nick and Debbie know what they're doing. You stand and follow Nick and Debbie across the porch. Keeping as quiet as possible, you pull out the broken boards on the front door. You enter the dark house. The air in the entryway is stale and dusty. You hold back a sneeze. Nick motions for you to follow him. You creep after Nick and Debbie down a dark hallway. The floorboards creak loudly with each step. Then you enter a big, dimly lit room. A broken chandelier sways from the ceiling. The faded wallpaper hangs in pieces from the walls. Dirty sheets cover what appear to be old sofas and chairs. And then you see them. Turn to page 75. So that part... Sounds a little less like Jesse's house and more like the house I grew up in. So I'm stuck on something here. Uh, so the the they it said the chandelier was swaying. Swaying, that a broken chandelier sways from the ceiling. Okay, mm-hmm. well, you know why is it swaying? Is obviously a chandelier doesn't move itself. Evidence know. of haunting. As an object doesn't just put itself into motion. So right? maybe some evidence of haunting, but then he says, and then you see them. So turn to page 75 to figure out who this is. I'm thinking tectonic plates maybe, but yeah, go ahead. Four kids sit in a circle. So kind of different than tectonic plates, but sure. On the living room floor, a big yellow candle flickers in the center. They all turn and stare at you. No one seems happy to see you. You stand awkwardly as Nick introduces you and says, This is our newest member. What are you talking about? cries a girl with short, curly red hair. She glares at you. I've brought a new member to the horror club, Nick repletes. Not today, exclaims a large boy with bulging arm muscles. Okay. Pretty cool, right? Beef, beefy boy. Why not? Debbie asks, squirming next to you. Didn't anyone tell you? Asks another girl. Tonight's a special night. You gotta get to that kid. We're not telling stories tonight. The plan has changed. So there are no no stories at this horror club. I'm a little afraid of this Nick invite that maybe Nick was kind of undercover with them 
and now Nick has brought you to the house, and yeah. you might this might turn bad. Yeah, this is really why I want a lawyer. I mean, the book is making me do stuff I'm, I don't want to do. Discover what's happening tonight on page 128. All right. Let's see what we have. Nick and Debbie quick, quickly leave your side and huddle together with the other kids. You can hear them arguing, arguing about you. The one voice rises above the others. But today is game day. You know what that means. I don't, you suddenly call out. You're sick of standing there. You want to know what's going on. It works. All six kids stop arguing. The girl with the red hair steps towards you. I'm Marcy, she tells you. There are no stories tonight. We're playing games instead. But new members can't play. It's the rule. Can't you break the rules just one time? Uh... So these games that we're about to get into, uh, I guess we're not invited to there, Mike. Yeah, sounds sounds uh, exceptionalism right here. I, I, I don't think I don't think this I don't think this is on the level. Not quite. No. There aren't there aren't ordinary games. Warns the boy with the large muscles. These games are scary, real scary. The scarier, the better. You announce bravely. This starts another argument. Some kids want you to stay and play. Others want you to leave. Debbie hurries over to your side. Through her mane of dark hair, she whispers, Go home. Go home now. But at that moment, Marcy announces, It's decided. You can stay and play games with us. Great, you say, ignoring Debbie. What are we playing? So we're gonna learn out we're gonna learn about the games on page sixty six and uh we were slightly told uh, through whispers to go home. So it yeah. gets a little darker for us here. Yeah. Um, is there a, a, a choice to go home here? There are. <laughs> there are. There is another choice at the bottom of this page. Okay. So uh, you could choose to join... Uh well, well obviously I have to read the page. Yeah, but read the page, of course. You're gonna be joining some stuff here. So um you have to commit to something <laughs> at the bottom of this. Page sixty six. The game is called the hunt. Marcy tells you, I'm the captain of the blue team. Nick is the captain of the red team. You watch as Nick picks Debbie and a skinny boy named Connor to be on his team. Connor has short, bristly hair and a very strange smell. Interesting. As Connor walks by, you decide he smells as if he's been lying in a dumpster. Wow. Offensive. (laughs) For the blue team, Marcy chooses a beautiful girl with long blonde hair and green eyes. It is so interesting that every new character, we have to know their haircut and the color of their eyes and something about them. Yeah, hair color. Yeah. If they're skinny, if they're big. They have three things. Everyone has three things about them. Yes. For the blue team, Marcy chooses a beautiful girl with long blonde hair and green eyes. Her name is Laura. She smiles shyly at you. Marcy also picks the guy in the muscle shirt. Hi, I'm Martin, the kid says, pounding you on the back. Welcome to the horror club, he laughs, then flexes his muscles. You step back. (laughs) (laughs) He really really flexes his muscles, okay? Yeah, even jocks are allowed into the 
the Nightmare Before Christmas bedsheets club. Is this anime? This sounds like anime. It's anime. <laughs> Martin's arm is bigger than your whole body. That's three on each team, Marcy announces. Our new member can join our new member can join either team. She turns to you. It's up to you. Which team will you join? Would you rather hang out with Nick, Debbie, and Connor on the red team, or get to know Lara, Marcy, and Martin on the blue team? Uh wait, who's the girl that told me to run away? Um, the girl that told you to run away, I believe, was Marcy. Okay, I'll go with that one. Okay. Um, so you want to go on the blue team. On the blue team. So red or blue, listeners at home, red is 88, blue is 33. We're going on page 33 to team blue. Classic team red, team blue situation. All right, let's see if that was the right choice. We are still alive. You're doing pretty good, I would say. Welcome to the blue team, Marcy says with a smile. Glad you're on the team, Marcy. Martin adds. He crushes your hand in a hearty handshake. That's the jock. So he's busting your hand already. Yeah. Um, his dad's handshake is probably worse than that. So what are we playing, you ask? The game is called The Hunt, Laura tells you. What are we hunting for, you ask? Marcy's voice drops down to a croaking whisper. The creepiest, most terrifying things we could find, she says. We vote on which team finds the scariest stuff, Martin explains. If you haven't chickened out by then, you'll become an official member of the horror club. Don't worry about me, you say. I have a good scare. Come on, Lara. Let's get this game going. So you're into it. You're like, let's get it. Let's get this going. Let's scare the pants off of, I guess, everyone. Yeah, if you actually did this IRL, it sounds like 99.9% of the time you're not really going to find anything that scary. No. Yeah. Mm, But it's all, I guess, the illusion of this. In fact, depending on the neighborhood they're in, cops are uh, coming real soon. Real soon. That's scary. They could find a cop. You follow your teammates outside. Marcy goes first. Her flashlight beam bounces around the overgrown yard, making weird yellow shadows. You begin scanning the yard, but Martin stops you. Not here, he says. You're the newest member. You have to pass the test. Test? You don't like the sound of that. Martin grims and points across the street. You go there. The cemetery. So we're being bullied to go into the cemetery to be a part of this elite group so much like factions and children's go the bullying has begun and their (laughs) subdivision of who you are and uh what they expect of you has started as well there's really nothing scary about the cemetery everyone in there is dead a dead person can't harm you but go ahead so page 106 They want you to search the cemetery all by yourself. You're about to say, no way, Jose, but then you figure that's just what they expect you to do. You'll show them. Great, you declare. I bet I'll find the winning object. You even kind of mean it. After all, if the game is won by finding the scariest stuff, then your teammates just handed you an easy score. What better place than the cemetery? So true. Are you going to be digging up some bones? or? (laughs) I mean... Like if you just come back, you know, come back to the squad and you have like a 
you know, maybe like a femur bone or something. What am I? A, a god dang can, a canine? Mm-hmm. You give your teammates the thumbs up and hurry across the street. The cemetery is really old, and most of the gravestones are chipped and crumbling. As you stumble over a lumpy grave, you feel something grab at your ankle. You yelp and jump back. It was just a root. Ugh. The moonlight casts an eerie glow, creating strange shadows. You carefully make your way toward a small building. There's just enough light for you to read the words Krumpnik Crypt carved into the stone over the doorway. Here's your chance to impress your new friends. You know you will find something scary inside a crypt, but do you have the nerve to enter? Find out on page 69. 69. Okay. So this Krumpnik... This is just going to be Eddie Murphy playing like 10 different types of ghouls in different different variations of paint and a- makeup. And Eddie Murphy was probably also one of the kids because it would pop the adults that are watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, there is a decision on the bottom of this page. So uh, we keep going. You approach the heavy stone door of the crypt. Inside, instead of a doorknob, it has a thick iron ring. Chiseled into the stone above the ring are these words. Who turns the stone will grow bat bones. You wipe it off to make it a little clearer. Who turns the stone will grow bat bones? What could that possibly mean, you wonder? A sudden movement draws your attention. Near the top of the crypt, you see a small hole. About your size. While you watch a tiny black bat flies out of the hole and flutters off into the night outrageous you think (laughs) you ever seen a bat fly and you're just like bro a bat yeah every time i'm just like gnarly maybe you could catch a bat inside the crypt that would win the contest for sure but how will you get inside the door is covered with cobwebs obviously it hasn't been opened in a long time maybe you could climb to the top of the crypt and crawl in through the hole the bat came out of or maybe you should just try to pull the big stone door open. It might work. Which will you try? If you crawl in through the hole, turn to page 32. If you try to open the stone door, go to page 9. So Roach uh, is at home. Are we going to be crawling? Are we going to be door. opening? What do we think? I'm more of a, I'm more of a strength build. Go with the door. The door. Got you get did you get your cardio in this well, week before I mean, this door pull? I mean I, the, I, I would think the cardio I'd go for the the climb and the hole, but I'm I'm going brute strength in this 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 door. Alright. So we're gonna try the door on page nine. You step up to the door and grasp the ring in both your hands. It's covered with rust and cobwebs, and you have a feeling it hasn't moved in a long time. You pull on it, but the thing won't budge. You clutch the ring even tighter and put all your weight into it. A hideous screeching noise fills the air. What is making the ghastly sound? Slowly, slowly, the heavy stone door swings open. Holding your breath, you tiptoe inside. You see a large casket sitting on a stone platform in the middle of the dark room. For a moment, you can't move. You stare at the casket and think, there's a dead person in there. A dead person. 
Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Something just grabbed at your hair. You brush it away and gasp. A bat flutters off in the darkness, its fangs glinting in the moonlight. Maybe catching a bat isn't such a great idea, you decide. You quickly search the tomb for scary stuff to bring back to your teammates, but you will find nothing except dust and cobwebs. With a final gla- glance, you leave the tomb to rejoin your friends. There's only one problem. You don't see them anywhere. You're all alone in the cemetery. Turn to page. 93. So, are the walls closing in? Let's open that up. Are the walls closing in on us in this story? Yeah, I mean, I hope I die soon. You want to (laughs) die? Yeah, what? (laughs) Can't you die in these? Oh, yeah, but usually you want to make it out on the other side, not the the object is to live. Yeah. Yeah, I want to die too, but more so in real life than what's in the book. (laughs) Well, I more mean the book, personally. Gotcha. (laughs) Lara, you call. Martin. Marcy. The only answer is the wind rustling through the trees. Your eyes search the cemetery, but your gaze falls only at crumbling headstones. You glance across the street at the mansion, but it's completely dark. Has everyone gone home? Another bat flies by, and you decide not to wait around. You race out of the cemetery and head for your home. Later that night, you don't feel very well. Your shoulders ache, and your fingers feel stiff. Maybe you're getting sick. You hope not. Probably. Yeah, you probably are. You don't want to miss. You don't want to miss soccer practice. You climb into the bed and drift into a troubled sleep. When you awake a few hours later, it's still dark, and you feel even worse. So we definitely caught something. We know that. Maybe a drink of water would make you feel better. As you get up, you notice that your hands seem to be very stiff. You glance down and see something dark between all your fingers. It must be the shadows in the room, you think. Your feet don't seem to be working very well, but somehow you make your way to the bathroom. You reach up to flip on the light, but the light switch isn't where it's supposed to be. Instead, it's three feet above you, and the bathroom mirror is even higher. What? So it looks like you like shrank or some shit like that. What's going on? Hurry to page 124. All right, so let's see where we're at. Oh, we're still good. We're still alive. Somehow, since you went to bed, your bathroom has grown to 10 times its normal size. Or you shrunk. I must be dreaming, you think. You climb up on the bathroom sink and stare into the mirror. The face gazing out at you from the mirror isn't your own. It's the furry face of small, hairy creature with short nose, huge ears, and tiny fangs. It's the face of a bat. Your face has turned into a bat, Mike. <laughs> Wait, my face is a bat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not just I have the face of a bat, but my face is a bat. It's written as your face is a bat, but I'm sure you're just a bat. Yeah. Like, in all earnest, you're a bat. Well, didn't Arl Stein just like, just like, drunk and he shit and he shits these out? Probably, right? Well, it's interesting <laughs> because these choose your own adventure ones. There's about, well, there was like twenty one in the originals, and then he came back and did more. And the more it goes, the harder they get. But these earlier ones are known to be like just puzzles, and this is like a puzzly one. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
You wink your right eye, and, to your horror, the bat in the mirror winks at the same time as you. That's not odd at all, if you think about it. That's what I would (laughs) I'm hoping if, Yeah. yeah. The bat in the mirror is you. No, you scream. It comes out as a tiny squeak. This can't be real, you think. It's got to be a dream, right? You try to pinch yourself, but you can't work your bat fingers. You continue to stare at your reflection, horrified. How could this have happened? You think back over the last evening. You try to remember every detail. You hung out with your new friends at the horror club. There was a contest to find the scariest things. And then you remember something else. Something that sends a chill down your furry little back. What do you remember? Turn to page 102. So something happens that I guess was off panel. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I, we appear to be in some sort of uh, bat Kafka yeah. situation. There will be a decision at the bottom of this page as well. So we're keeping alive. We're really getting through this. So we might be at a conclusion soon. The walls have closed in and we've turned into a bat, but we seem to be still alive just kind of in pain <laughs> kind of in a lot of pain alive you remember you were at the Krumpnik crypt and that and the only living creature you saw was the bat that flew out of the tomb with a fear your mind plays over the words carved in the crypt who turns the stone will grow bat bones you turn the stone Mike remember yeah that was a problem you should have realized it was a warning, but no, you had to go ahead and turn that stupid stone. You must have you must have been how this this must have been how that happened. You try frantically to remember everything about the crypt, any little detail that could help you. You picture the crypt and suddenly recall that you left the stone door open. Maybe if you turn the stone again, closing the door of the crypt, you'll be transformed back. I'm too small now, probably, but... You're way too small to be doing that. Yeah. And it's also something random just to randomly think of. Like, oh, maybe if I, like, shut the oven off, I'll... I won't be a bat anymore or whatever. Should you return to the cemetery now? You're not sure you could even find it in the dark. Or would it be better to go to sleep and wait until morning? Maybe when you wake up, you'll be back to normal. Isn't that always the hope? If you return to the cemetery now... Turn to page 27. If you wait until morning, turn to page 53. Go back to that cemetery. I'm having a panic attack. Just go back to it? A bat panic attack. But how do do we know being a bat isn't sick and really cool and we just love it? Well, we read uh, a story on here a couple episodes ago that you turned into a vampire. And the final assumption was... All right, you're just a vampire forever, so you just go on sucking sucking blood and eating blood just for the rest sucking, of your life. Yeah. Sucking anything, right? Just, yeah. So, uh, page 27, here we are. You decide to return to the cemetery tonight. You can't stand to be a bat for another second, so I guess it isn't going well. With a, <laughs> with a last shuddering look at your new bat self, you climb down from the sink, then you crawl up the wall to your window ledge. From your new, shorter bat's eye view, the yard looks very far away, even though you're only on the second floor. Well, you've got wings. Might as well try to use them. You're a little nervous about the lack of flight experience, but you've got no choice. You try flapping your wings, and the next thing you know, you're lifting up, up, out into the darkness. 
The wind rushes beneath your wings and you soar higher and higher. You sneak a peek down at the yard far below. Big mistake. For just a moment, you're so scared you forget to flap your wings. Instantly, you begin to plummet to the ground. Frantically, you begin flapping again. And you manage to level out. Flying isn't as easy as it looks, you realize. You turn to the right and find yourself flying upside down instead. Then you bump into the side of a tree. After some practice, you begin to get the hang of flying. Unfortunately, you made so many twists and turns while you were learning that you have absolutely no idea where you are. Go to page 31. So now we're uh, we're like a we're like a messageless bird. We're just kind of in the air somewhere as a bat. And not even trying to use my sonar to eat delicious bugs. Which I mean, that would be the first for me if I especially turned if into you're a, flying, if you're up there. If I turned into a bat, the first thing I would do was would be echolocate some grub. Yeah, I that reminds me. I have a picture of your garden on the Fourth of July, and also a video of it that I could send you. Oh, you, thank you. If you want that, <laughs> sure. <laughs> cool. All right, another decision, and we are almost through. Another decision is coming. So lots of decisions. You're doing pretty good. There's no sign of your backyard, and you don't recognize any of the houses. And where is the crypt? You have no clue. To make things worse, your bat eyes don't see well enough to help you figure out where you are. But your ears are a different matter. You were working so hard, learning to fly, you didn't pay attention to your bat hearing. But now you notice it. It's excellent. See here, now we're we're kind of getting into no, our No, I mean, the book was trying to tell me what I was doing, but as you could tell, I clearly already thought of that, but go ahead. In fact, it's so good that if you really concentrate, you can get a clear picture of the things making sounds around you. Off to the right, you hear a big moth flapping its wings. The flapping sounds like soft clapping. Somehow, the sound gives you a complete image of the moth. Below, the loud humming of a mosquito sounds like a jet taking off. That's pretty cool. <laughs> now your sharp, super sharp ears hear something more familiar. Something that might help you figure out where you are. You turn toward the sound. You see a man and a woman walking a small dog in the early morning darkness. If you ask the couple for help, turn to page 54. If you decide to fly off on your own... Soar to page 70. So you see a couple. Do you talk to them or you just fly off? Are I mean, we already, know that, we already know that when I tried to speak earlier, it just came out as a squeak. So I don't think I can communicate with these people. They're just going to think I'm screeching at them and they'll f freak out. They might kill me. So let's go fly off. Let's fly off. I think you're getting the swing of it for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right. We're still alive. You've decided to find the cemetery on your own. You're a little concerned about how how the couple might react to a talking bat. So you're right, Mike. You begin to fly up as high as you can go. Soon your whole neighborhood lies below you, as tiny as the town in the model's train set. You scan the houses and streets. You have to peer hard. Your bat vision isn't very good, but then you see it. The cemetery crosses the street from Batwing Hall. You swoop toward the cemetery, but a stiff wind blows you in the other direction. You struggle to get back on course, but you're still not very good at flying. The, f 
you fight the gusty wind and finally reach the cemetery. You aim at a tree and land clumsily on the tip of a branch. You notice that the sky is beginning to grow light. You've been out all night. <laughs> you yawn, then glance around the cemetery as a bat. <laughs> you, spot <laughs> you spot the Krumpnik crypt behind some trees. You fly toward the crypt and notice that the door is still wide open. You swoop inside just as the sun begins to rise. Clang! The stone door slams behind you. You're trapped like a bat. Nice little pun there at the end. Uh, go to page 55. We're trapped in this tomb. This sounds like the finale coming soon. I hope so. Once again, you're in bat. total darkness. But at, but at least the crypt door is closed. The stone has turned. You hope you've been turned too. Turned back into a kid. You wait a few minutes and then stretch out your arms. Your heart sinks. Your fingers are still webbed and still attached to your bat wings. Closing the crypt didn't do anything. Now you use your bat sonar to examine inside the crypt. You notice something you didn't see the last time you were there. There's a crack on the floor of the crypt. You swoop down to investigate. The crack is wide and deep. It seems to lead into the ground. You find these words chiseled along the crack. Who enters here will be. Will be what, you wonder? Unfortunately, okay. yeah, dead, gay, murdered, a lot of them. A lot of cool words Why are these here. etchings so powerful? What is, what is the explanation? Well, I think you're, well, I think you're, you're a crump, I think you're a crumpnik now. You know? Okay. So I think these words affect you if you become that, is my guess. Still, this looks like the same writing you saw in the door of the tomb. Are the missing words transformed back? Fly into the crack. So we're going to the crack under under the sarcophagus of some sort here. You crouch over the crack. Your bat sonar tells you that it goes down a long way. It might even go on forever, and you're almost afraid to imagine what you still might find in it. Still, you're a bat. You're trapped in the crypt. What have you got to lose? You take a deep breath to calm yourself. You do a couple of warm-up flaps on your wings. Then before you could change your mind, you dive headfirst into the crack. But you're no longer flying. Instead, you're falling. Falling mm. straight down. What are you doing wrong? <laughs> in a panic, you check out your wings. To your amazement, they're gone. Those are arms flailing around. Your arms. You're a kid again. Yay. <laughs> I guess. You don't have time to celebrate. You're falling faster and faster. Will you ever land, and will you survive the crash? If you do, where will you be? Quick, turn to page 135. This could be it. This could be it. I think we're probably going to land on some spikes, like Prince of Persia style. Ooh, you have one more decision, I think, at the bottom. Okay. One more decision, Roaches. It, you have to break your fall. You reach out your arms and drag your fingers along the wall of the crevice. It slows you down a bit. Then the light begins to change, and you don't have to fight so hard to, to slow your descent. By the time you reach the bottom, you're almost floating. You land gently on a bed of moss. Pretty cool. You scan your new surroundings. You seem to be in a swamp, a swamp full of strange, twisted trees and fleeting, fleeting insects. A smell of decay overwhelms you, and mournfully cries fill the air. You're overcome by a feeling of dread, paranoia. This sounds, sounds like a bad trip here. 
falling down, landing on some moss. It's all stinky down there. Sounds like Dark Soul. You want to get out of this creepy place. Quick. You run along a riverbank, hoping it will lead somewhere. But before you have gone, you come to a broken sign pointing in two directions. One part of the sign points across the river to the crypt. The other points to the path. But it, but it is so old and weathered that it has no words left on it at all. Which way should you go? Follow the path on page 87. Cross the river on page 59. Oregon Trail shit. Uh, <laughs> the, wait, where does the path go again? Uh, follow the path. And uh, it's uh, so one part of the sign points across the river to the crypt. So apparently the path is a path and the, and the river is hopefully to the crypt. Yeah, go to the crypt. Sounds like that's where the boss is. Okay, so we're going to cross the river. Sounds like the boss fight of some, some, (laughs) if we make it. Let's see. You decide to cross the river. Just beyond the sign, you notice a rowboat, almost hidden in the mist. Want to ride? Asked a deep voice. You could just make out a figure in the dark, wearing a cloak, sitting at the oars of the boat. Your skin crawls at the sight of him. His face is skull-like, the bones jutting out like a skeleton's. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is get any closer to this evil-looking creature, but you have no choice. You have to return to the crypt. You step into the rowboat. Without another word, the oarsman begins to row. You shiver as the boat makes its silent way across the murky river. Finally, the boat docks on the other side and you climb out. You want to ask directions, but the oarsman is already turning the boat around. Hey, you call out and wave to get his attention. To your horror, you could see right you could see right through your own hand. You turn back around and are relived and are reminded to the spot that the Kripnek the Kripnek crypt is just ahead. You make your way to the entrance and notice the list of the dead people buried there. The last name on the list looks as if it just has been carved in. You lean into it and read and gasp. There on the stone, in undeniable lettering, is your own name and just two more words. The end. Bro, we were a ghost. We died at some point during that. And we just found that out the end. I would imagine the falling part. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That could have been it. That could have been it. Is when uh, they died. So that was a painful journey. It was a long-lasting journey full of twists and turns. You got turned into a bat, and you were always in pain, but you lived. Turned into a bat, then fell into the Dark Souls Elder uh, Elden Ring land. Uh, I mean, and that was obviously Sticks and Karen, and whatever. And yeah. That's kind of. Yeah. What uh, that's like. So that was trapped in Batwing Hall, and um, you had a long journey, but you did, in fact, die. Um, So hopefully on that fall, might have been it, but uh, joining the blue team maybe was the wrong move. We could have found the red team. Who knows? So that was book one of our two-book adventure. Next up on the docket, Mike over here is going to read number 21, The Twisted Tale of Tiki Island. All right, so now we're on the twisted tale of Tiki Island. Toddy's telling me I have to, uh, I have to read the back. This was four bucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it 
ISBN zero five nine zero nine three five zero zero dash three for the UPC. Uh, good number. It's no fantasy island. You and your cousin Gina are vacationing on Tiki Island. It's so beautiful, you don't even care when you hear a rumor that people have been mysteriously disappearing from the island. While you're snorkeling, Gina, Gina, Gina finds a dark undersea cave. Should you follow her in or go after that gleaming object on the yeah, ocean Yeah, it's got to be Gina, I have to think. <laughs> Quick, make up your mind. A shark is zooming straight for you. If you choose to dive for the object, you'll find a tiki eye. It has the power to erupt a volcano and summon tiki warriors from the dead. If you explore the underwater cave, you'll find a sunken ship filled with treasure. It's a very active skeletrons. The choice is yours in this scary goosebumps adventure that's packed with over 20 spooky, super spooky endings. And let's hope that uh, we can make it out of Tiki Island better than we we made it out of Trapped in Batwing Hall. Because that cemetery certainly, I guess, the secret passageway killed us. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty sick that we turned into a bat. I don't really see the problem with what happened with the bats. Uh, all right, hurry up, Gina, you call to your cousin. The wooden dock creaks as you jump up and down. The water's perfect for snorkeling. I'm coming, I'm coming, Gina yells. Yow, I should have worn my sandals. The sand is burning my feet. You watch Gina hop across Tiki Island's famous white sand. Glancing around, you remember how much fun you had visiting the island last year. Lucky for you, your mom is a travel writer. When she wrote about Tiki Island a year ago, she brought your whole family. Must be cool to have a mom. <laughs> My mom is a vlogger. <laughs> <laughs> With Gina along this time, you know you're going to have a blast. Gina jumps onto the dock to join you. She dumps her snorkeling gear next to yours. Then she gazes across the shimmering water. Wow, she gasps. This place is amazing. A motorboat hums toward the dock. I, oh, by the way, I like how he doesn't have to explain why it's amazing or yeah, <laughs> why she's saying that. Of course, we would just know that it is. Yes, of yeah. course. Wow, can you be? Can you imagine being in a place that's amazing? Uh I Ooh. haven't been for oh, maybe a decade. Or can you so? imagine looking around and thinking, "Wow." I'm just caught off guard that it said motorboat and you didn't say a farting joke because I know you're very big on that sense of humor, the farting and the stuff like oh, that. Oh, am I now? Is that all I am? <laughs> or do you? No. I mean, I didn't even say motorboat yet, I don't think. I, I think you said motorboat. <laughs> okay, a okay. motorboat hums toward the dock. You've arranged for a ride to a nearby reef. You grin. Uh, how about a nearby reefer? Oh. Oh, I'd like to go to a nearby reefer personally. You grin when you recognize the boy steering. It's Kala, the resort owner's son. He was your best buddy last year. Hey, Kala, you shout with a wave. Kala ignores your greeting, and as the boat gets closer, you can see his face looks grim. <clears throat> turn to page two. And uh, we're going to turn the page of a book, which is a completely easy thing to do. Kala notices the boat into uh, excuse me Kala noses the boat into the dock he still hasn't said hello or even smiled at you Kala you cry 
Don't you recognize me? Kala doesn't answer. This is not the boy you remember. Last year, he was a total goofball. Always laughing and pulling pranks. Why is he so unfriendly now? What's up, Kala? You ask. Why are you acting so weird? Kala gazes at you a moment. A curse has fallen on Tiki Island, he replies slowly. Curse. No one is safe. Wow, curse. You stare at him. Then a wide grin spreads across your face. This must be one of Kala's practical jokes. Ignore him, you whisper to Gina. He's just trying to scare us. Gina rolls his uh, rolls her eyes. Whatever, she says. Let's go check out the reef. You grab your snorkeling gear and jump into Kala's boat. Ooh, I'm so scared of the curse, you tease him. But I'll try to be brave. Don't make jokes, Kala says, frowning. You may regret it. <laughs> Kala turns his back on you and starts the motor. As the boat flies over the crystal clear water, you try to forget about Kala's odd behavior. Minutes later, you arrive at the reef and Kala cuts the engine. Take care to make wise choices while you are here, he warns you. The curse of Tiki Island affects those these surrounding waters. Just no adults around at this point. Yeah. Which is nice. <laughs> the child island, one of the child yeah. islands. Uh, people only, only children could boat you between the two. <laughs> yeah. And nothing to run into out in the water, you know? Yeah. People have been known to disappear, says Kala. I don't know that you can drown in water. I haven't went to college <laughs> to really know, but maybe that's something you can't do. Maybe they disappear because you're so unfriendly, you grumble. Come on, Gina. The vacation officially begins now. Kala drops anchor. You and Gina put on your diving masks and snorkel mouthpieces and jump overboard. Both of you are good swimmers. You head toward the farthest point of the reef. You glance back at Kala in the boat. His last words worry you. Could there really be a curse? You have noticed there are fewer tourists on Tiki Island this year. and People at the resort have been acting strangely. You hate to admit it, but you feel a little scared. We should stick together, you tell Gina. Deal, she agrees. You feel better, sort of. I don't like swimming in front of people, personally. Uh, like, in front of people I don't know, I don't like swimming in front of people I don't know. So I probably wouldn't really be doing this, I don't think. I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't know. Do you like swimming in front of... I don't like... I mean, we've gone to public pools before, and I have swam, because I've known you. <laughs> I... I have n never thought of the concept of swimming in front of s someone else being an issue. No, I just have. I guess I, I don't like being seen, I suppose. Like, I feel like gazed. I don't like, I feel like covering up. But not the actual act of swimming. It was just being in his swim trunks. Yeah. I, yeah. Like the, vi like, yeah, the whole thing of it. It's just like, yes, let's all wear. Not a ton around each other and just jump in water. Like I don't want to. I want. I don't want. You you'd rather be at. fully clothed. Yes. While you're swimming in water. Yes, but fair enough. <laughs> Let's see the what whole we do body, on this adventure. Just the whole bodysuit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You'd maybe fit in maybe in the 1910s or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this part of the reef is shallow. You and Gina float above brightly colored fish that dart around the coral. Gina taps you on the shoulder. She points to an opening in the reef, an undersea cave. She wants to explore it. 
<clears throat> You're about to follow her when you catch sight of something gleaming on the reef floor. What could it be, you wonder? It's as big as your fist and comes to a sharp point. Cool. Maybe it's a spearhead. Gina's already swimming toward the cave. You pop your head out of the water and see Kala waving and yelling from the boat. It's too soon to head back, you think. What does Kala want? Then you see it. A dark fin slicing through the water. Kala was trying to warn you. It's a shark. And it's heading straight for you. What should you do? Try to swim into the cave? Or should you grab the spearhead-like thing and use it to protect yourself? Oh, it's a decision. Quick. We have a decision. Make up your mind. So that's if you swim toward the cave in the reef, go to page uh, something. And if you dive for the gleaming spearhead, turn to page. So swim for the cave or or dive for the gleaming spearhead. Uh, so should I immediately start fighting a thing or see if we can get away? I think I'm going to go for the cave. I hope all the, the listeners would do that as well. I'm going to go for the cave because let's not try to, let's try not to, let's leave everything the way we found it for now. It's yeah. not for sure a problem. So let's go to the cave. All right. The, we're in the cave. You take the deepest breath you can. Then you swim after Gina toward the cave in the reef. You know the shark is close behind. You hope the cave entrance will be too small for the huge fish. You squeeze through the opening. You don't dare glance back at the shark. You just keep following behind Gina, swimming deeper into the cave. This is deeper than you've ever snorked before. It says snorkeled. <laughs> The cave darkens as the walls come closer and closer together. It's more like an underwater tunnel than a cave. You worry that soon you won't be able to fit through. What if you get stuck in here? Your lungs start to ache. You'll need to come up for air soon. The shark must have given up by now, you think. But before you can motion to Gina... To turn around, a strong current sucks you farther into the cave and deeper underwater. Uh-oh. Your lungs are going to explode if you don't breathe soon. And that's why there's no parents around. What page does it have you turn to? Six. Six. Page six. Let's see what we're doing on page six. Our lungs are filled with water. This is Sonic the Hedgehog music. You're suffocating, drowning. You have to breathe. You burst through the surface of the water. You spit the snorkel out of your mouth. Pwah! You gasp at last. Oh, yeah? You can breathe again. You glance around. The current carried you and Gina through an opening and into a small pool in a high-ceiling cave. A rocky staircase is carved into the wall. The powerful current still pulls you toward the far end of the pool. But now that you can breathe again, you feel relieved. By the way, this is that sentence was a very challenging sentence to say for someone who speaks the Pittsburghese dialect of English because it has pull, P-U-L-L. Which is pull. And pool, P-O-O-L. And to us, it's... The same, same word. word. So I do compliment you for getting through that. Same pronunciation. So 
Uh, but you have to really go for it. Paul, I, 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 I found I find myself really have to really having to put a lot of intention into pronouncing those words to make them sound different. Yeah, as yeah, like as somebody who like I I do podcasts. There's, there's no video piece to this, so I'm just an absolute cartoon character as far as what <laughs> like wh- how I pronounce things. Oh yeah, I mean I took a uh, a, a a writing for radio class in college. Yeah. I did journalism, and I understand when you are recording like a news piece or whatever or or for radio i mean i i i turned in i turned in an assignment that was like i'm talking a lot like this yeah. and he was in the professor was still like no you have to go even harder than yeah that. like yeah it seems ridiculous but you have to mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay so back to the powerful current still pulls you toured the far end of the pool. Applause break. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you can breathe again, you feel relieved. Until you hear the sound of rushing water. Gina, you call. Your voice echoes strangely in the watery cave. Do you hear? Help. Gina shrieks ahead of you. A waterfall. Oh no, she's right. The current drags you and Gina to the very edge of a giant waterfall. The foamy white water rushes downward. You and Gina rush with it. Ah! You scream as you plummet down, down, down. Uh Uh-oh, the last time we went this far down in a book, (laughs) we died. What page do you have to turn to? Uh, The very final page. (laughs) Oh, cool. You splash into an even bigger pool of clear, still water. Queer? Still waters. Clear, Clear. still water. uh, Gina (laughs) flops right beside you. The waterfall empties into a lake inside another cave. This one is tremendous. The walls are made of pink crystals. It's beautiful, you declare as you gaze around. The entire cave glows pink. Black sand forms a strange, magical beach. This sounds like Mohammed bin Salman's dream. <laughs> I think maybe he got his idea for the glowing beach for, for maybe this uh, this book. Or quite possibly his own dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You swim over to a wall. You reach out to touch a pink crystal. It breaks off in your hand. It's sharp but too beautiful to throw away. You stuff it in your bathing suit to take home. <laughs> Is, is that a is that <laughs> cool. a pink crystal shard in your shorts? Just uh, uh, happy to see me. You're gonna see that kid on the boat, and he's gonna be like, "Hey, are you stealing shards?" <laughs> <laughs> An ear-splitting, creaking sound echoes through the cave. What was that? You murmur. The creaking grows louder and steadier. The blue water turns black. The pink glow becomes blood red. <laughs> it, it's blood red, but. It's all one word, so it's like bludgeoned. Just feet from where you and Gina bob in the water, the ruins of a ship rise up out of the deep pool. Well, we didn't die. No decision? Nope. What what page are we turning to? Going back to page 54. 54. Okay. All right. No decision. Wow, Gina gasps. Look at that. What is it? A ship, you cry. Shit. An old shipwreck. 
You and Gina tread water and wait to see what happens. Once the ship fully rises, the red glow diminishes. The black water fades to a dark blue. Silence surrounds you. Come on, you whisper. I mean, come on, you, you whisper. Let's get a closer look. Swimming toward the battered ship, you notice it tips to one side. A tattered flag with a skull and crossbones hangs limply from a broken pole. You have a clear view of the damaged wooden deck. Oh my gosh, Gina sputters. A treasure chest, and it's full of treasure. Dang. A huge wooden chest lies open on deck. Gold pieces spill over its sides. More gold than you've ever seen, even in movies. How taxable is it? That's, a, that's <laughs> the first question I'd ask. I mean, I, I, I believe that uh, doubloons are the uh, same, same rules as NFTs in crypto. Oh. <laughs> a huge wooden chest lies open on deck. Gold pieces, more gold than you've ever seen, even in movies. I can't believe what we found, you murmur in amazement. A real pirate ship with a real treasure. A movement on deck distracts you from your discovery. A shadowy figure approaches. Your eyes widen as you realize who or what is staring down at you. Ah! You scream in <laughs> horror. It's a Skeletron. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right? Why wouldn't it be? Stones, sticks, and uprooted shrubs tear at your skin. You and Gina are caught in a tide of volcano debris spewing from the mouth of Kenalua. Oh, yeah. With a deafening roar, the earth beneath you cracks open like an overripe melon. One of the bad kinds. Yeah. A force from inside the crack sucks in you and Gina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just the, the Are we getting sucked sucked into a crack in the second book too? Just the 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 syntax. Yeah. A force from inside the crack sucks in you and Gina. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I would say maybe like a force from inside the crack consumes you and Gina. Well, it's sucking. <laughs> it's suck. It. it it's I'm getting sucks in. It's sucking in. <laughs> With a loud gulp, the mountain swallows you both. And it's gulp in all caps. With a loud gulp. Thanks. Thank you. Gulp. The mountain swallows you both. Your vacation is very suddenly, very definitely over. You and Gina <laughs> kick and scream in the stomach of the volcano. You grab hands and bounce around trying to give the mountain indigestion. Your mother always taught you it was not polite to burp. But if only the volcano would do just that. One loud belch is all it would take to free you. Anything to make the grumbling mountain erupt. But your bouncing doesn't work. The mountain seems to think you taste fine. Wait a second. Don't you wish you didn't have such good taste? The end. Are you serious? The mountain ate us. <laughs> the mountain ate us. Escalatron teased us with gold, and then a mountain ate us. Well, we did not get eaten by that shark. Remember that black fin thing that we escaped into the cave? We escaped that. Yeah. All this sucking, this sucking <laughs> has brought two books to a screeching halt. <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you only make one decision? 
Uh, no, I made like, uh, mentally I made three, but I think it'd be closer to two. I don't know. I don't know. Unless you were just reading pages without telling me there were decisions. There were not decisions. Oh, it was okay. just saying, go to this page, go to this page, go to this page. I ha- I've been having, as a singles contestant, I've <laughs> I've been picking some bad endings that have left me to die uh, pretty often this month reading those books for this whole Halloween thing. Th- that one seemed to me like it put you on a death train early. And it's like you can get onto this train anytime during the book. But we got onto it basically right away. Um, was it, do you think it was, uh, when do you think it was is when we've said this, that we are on the death train? When do you I think don't know. It was? I just think it, I think it wants you to get the shiny item. Mm. I think it was what it wants you to do. Yeah. Um, but we did have the pink crystal thing in our inventory as a character. <laughs> That's right. But we never got to see what we could use that. Um, so We never got to put it in the Herodric cube. Two books and two deaths for us this evening. Um, but I will say your adventure was by far the better adventure because not only did you make it more than half of your story as a uh, an adult bat <laughs> um you've you almost made it but what killed you and you were correct is being a bat was cool it's you turned into a human too quickly and you turned into a human and then hit the ground and then you realize you were a ghost yeah should have just stayed bat so uh before we end this episode is there anything that you would like to shout out or, or say crap about yeah um if you turn into a bat, just stay that way. Cool. Um, and if you ever find yourself on a racially uh, ambiguous Pacific island, uh, stay above, stay above ground. And don't get sucked either. <laughs> don't get. Yeah, don't don't get sucked if you're even if you're especially if you're hanging out with Gina. Gina, but certainly don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be short for Regina. Uh, you never know. I mean, that part of the world there could be you know there's different names in that the different parts of the world. Now, as for the local news, uh, yes. When is the next video uh, coming out for that? I hear well, some good things. I mean, uh. Probably uh, in this coming uh, week was like this. Uh, the this will be out Sunday. Yeah, probably the toward the end of the month. Cool. Um, but I mean, I'm working on it, and you can watch that at YouTube.com/slash the local news PGH. All no spaces or anything, and you can watch me. Uh, Almost every day on twitch.com slash Mike Mizak NTC. No spaces. That's M I K E M Y Z A K N T C. And, you know, we're watching guys. We're watching dating shows from all around the world. And we do politics on a couple couple days. We'll watch the news. We'll watch the pundits. And sometimes you get horny. Yeah, that's Monday night. Is well, that's when we watch the dating shows. That's a, that's night. horny nights a, a big night in certain circles, I would <laughs> say. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for coming on. It's only been a few years, so uh, 
um, next time, um, usually we don't read books. It's just for the Halloween time. But next time, um, yeah, I'll get you on and we could curse more, drink more, drink more uh, seltzer, and uh, help, help, pooping, yeah, yeah. And for everybody else, get roached. Oh, oh, oh.